that whole hustle culture of like just push harder to prove how much you want it and if you're suffering great because that's where the gold is that's where you mine this magic because you're suffering and it means like that's where your creativity comes from and that's where your drive comes from and it's like no man no (laughs) are you totally overwhelmed with navigating your music career by yourself then you've come to the right place my name is shay leonia and i'm a professional singer recording artist and music career strategist On this show, I share my expertise from the last 20 years in the music industry, along with some tips that I give my clients every single day. You'll also get to hear from some pretty badass guests. Get ready for some chutzpah and a lot of oversharing. It's time for the Millennial Musician Podcast. On this this lovely Monday morning, I'm so excited to welcome Suze Polinsky to the podcast from the Rockstar Advocate. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So it is like, I don't know, is it by you? It's it's gloomy, right? It's gloomy as fuck over here on a Monday. It's gross. It's really gross. It's gross. <laughs> Thank God at least I get to talk to you because like this is just... I'm not a yeah. fan. I'm not a fan of what's happening. So you, I I just had the honor of being on your podcast and you've yes. been in my orbit for like, I want to say, has it been two years now? I want, feels like it. I feel like it's more three. Like, I feel like it was like right before lockdown. You're, yeah. you're uh, definitely a post pandemic friend because before that I was on the couch. So I remember after oh, moving here okay. was when I attended my first summit and you were there. And I uh, fell in love got and it. it's, um, oh. you've just been in my orbit ever since, but, uh, just yeah. if for anyone who has not had the pleasure of knowing about you, please, uh, tell us, tell us who you are and what you do. Yes. Suze, the rockstar advocate. Hi everyone. Um, I'm a growth mindset and productivity coach for music industry professionals of all kinds. Um, God, 20 years in the business. Don't know where that time mm. went. Um, but eight years running this company full time and never looking back. And I, but I still feel like yesterday I could remember the unbelievable fear and, <laughs> and just like unbelievable, like, oh my gosh, I'm really quitting my day job. Like, mm. what am I doing right now? Um, you never feel ready. Yeah. But you figure it out when your back's up against the wall, like you figure it out. And even as I've been running this business for eight years, there have been those moments where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to start getting a job application to like other places. Mm-hmm. But you figure it out and, um, you know, you just hold on tight and it it works out. So um, it's it's been a journey. That's incredible. You also have a, a huge mental health component to your business. Um and and you innately as a person. So I'm really excited for people to get to hear you, you know, with seasonal affective disorder or whatever they might be going through. So yes, we're going to get into mm-hmm. all of it today. But can you tell us about the Rockstar Planner? Yeah. So it's a weekly planner that my best friend from college, shout out to Alyssa B. Jackson, and I created. Um, it's a weekly weekly planner to get you focused on your goals, but more importantly, check in with yourself, have that moment to recenter yourself. We were extremely intentional and spent almost over a year uh, really putting it together where it's like not only what exercises did we want to include in the planner, but 
what order those exercises come in. I mean, we were like painstakingly like, should this come first or maybe this comes next? And really thinking about how we talk ourselves down and how we get ourselves centered. Um, and based on like what my clients were telling me at the time, we created this in 2016 and this is our sixth year um, putting it together and we're so excited and we have a digital version now that you can upload to GoodNotes 5 for free and plan digitally um, with your stylus or or with, you know, typing it out or however works for you. But um, yeah, we're super stoked with it. We we literally just made it because I had a couple clients who asked for some templates and I said to Liz, hey, like I'm looking for a planner and you're looking for a planner. We're both not happy with anything. Mm. My clients are looking for something. Should we should we create something? And then it just took on a life of its own. We never thought we'd be making it six years later and, you know, publishing it and like getting it printed. It, it sells all around the world we just made it for us and for like a couple other people in my <laughs> in my client roster this was not something we expected to be selling and um it's been it's been awesome so what are some of the things that you that were missing in regular standard planners that you were like this does not account for musicians Alyssa was in like um the acting and comedy and writing world and and I was in the music world and we felt like there were no spaces to you know, uh, focus on our mindset of like, hey, these industries are really mm. hard and I'm having a bad day. And how do I check in with myself? And how do I get rid of that fraud talk? I mean, I like to call it fraud talk. Some people call it imposter mm. syndrome, but I'm from like Queens, Long Island. So we're like fraud talk, <laughs> darling. It's all, you know, that's that's what Love we call it. it. Um, but there was there was no space for that. Like you'd have to have a journal and then you right. plan. And we didn't like, I mean, we're both minimalists. Um, and then for entrepreneurship on top of that, we both had our own businesses and it wasn't enabling us to plan out, well, what do we put in our newsletter? How do we track our mm. metrics from social media and our newsletters? How do we, you know, keep track of the contacts that we're making and who we're networking with? Like there were no things for that. So then you had a spreadsheet and a journal right. and a planner. And we were like, maybe we can just make this all one thing. So that's that's what, what started That's amazing. It. I, I love that because I am so not the type of person that manages my spreadsheets well. It's like I'll have the spreadsheet in front of me on the day of that I receive the template for it. And I'll be like, oh, I can't wait to implement this in my everyday life. And then suddenly I just, first of all, I forget that it exists. And then second of all, once I remember <laughs> that it exists, I can't remember where I filed it. Uh, <laughs> mm. I definitely could use like a whole month off just to do like some Marie Kondo to my digital workspace. But I love that you took into consideration that, yeah, there, this should all be housed in the same thing. And now that it's digital, too, to make sure that we can you can answer the the people that are concerned about having a physical planner and that they don't really implement it. Because they're freaks of nature and they actually know where they file things. Well, and we also know that everybody works differently. So, you know, we do have a lot of digital components to it where, um, you know, we have spreadsheets and we have a whole library of Airtable uh, checklists and spreadsheets that you can get in the, um, you know, exclusive library that comes with the planner. So you can get your packing list and, you know, your contacts list and your metadata 
um, spreadsheet and like all the things that you might need to run your business and to grow your career, we have spreadsheets for all that. I get requests from people who are like, I need a template for this. Okay, I'll throw it up in the library. So there's always updates being made there. There's always things that you can check out. So we definitely added that as well. And we really didn't want to add a digital version to it because when it comes to planning, pen to paper is the most effective way, mm. people. Um, and studies have shown this time and time again. So we really held off with the digital planner. But then when GoodNotes 5 came out as free, which was brand new as of like a year ago, um, we decided to do the digital planner last year because we thought, okay, well, if you're using your stylus, yes, some people might just type into it and that's their preference, but we could get behind it as long as there was a way to really like sit there and write on your on your smart device. We were like, okay, this we could get yeah. behind. Um, so we did decide to release the digital planner um, after that. So, you know, pen to paper, people, that is, that is the best I way. I love <laughs> hearing that because I've always been fascinated watching anyone who can even write a song uh, on their, their notes app. Mm. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I have to have my, my pen making that indentation on the page you know, my sweaty hand following suit, making imprints on the page. It just, I need, I need that on the paper. It, it needs to live there. That's the, it magic. Is the magic. It really yeah. is. It's the razzle dazzle. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So I, I want to give people uh, some insight into your backstory because you have a fascinating backstory about, you know, you mentioned leaving your full-time job and doing this, um, your career full-time and, and, but that was not an easy route for you. So could you tell us more about that? Yeah, so there have been so many ups and downs. My first kind of segue into entrepreneurship, um, way back in the beginning of my journey, I actually, episode two of my podcast um, goes over this, where I quit my job five times, um, and I just kept showing back up to work. Like George Costanza. Yeah. It's like, I didn't, did I actually quit yesterday? I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> I don't know what that was about. I'm here, so pay right. me, please. Um but, you know, I started off at the major labels very young. I mean, my first gig in at the major labels, I was 18. I had an office by the time I had, I mean, just turned 21. Wow. And um, it was, I mean, it was amazing. I felt like, oh, my goodness. So, like, everybody here is at least 10 years older than me. Like, look at me. And my friends are still in college. And I got out early. And, wow, like, I have an office. But I cried every day. I just, I wasn't ready for, for the responsibility for the job. It wasn't also a good fit for me. I'm not meant to be in sales. Um, that was, even though I, I, we end up always being in sales when you're an entrepreneur, but, um, it just wasn't my thing. I mean, I used to have to get on the phone every day and I'd let everything go to voicemail. Mm. Like every single call, I would just like go to voicemail. I'd listen to it. And then I'd email them back. <laughs> response i should have just gotten fired just for that alone um but the main thing was i mean this was back in 2005 2006 i think i started in 2005 and all my accounts were closing tower records sam goody um virgin megastore they were all shutting mm. down and i couldn't understand why we weren't embracing mp3s and why were we still trying to hawk CDs and what was mm. happening? And I was the only one with a Facebook account. So everyone was coming into my office being like, promote wow. this, promote this. And I'm like, 
this is my private Facebook account. Like, I don't, I don't want to be talking about all these things on my, like, my private Facebook. Um, and so it was, it was just kind of like a hot mess. And I kept wanting to leave. And I kept being told, like, not by my boss boss, but by my immediate boss, it was like, good luck. Like, you'll be blacklisted. You'll never work in this town again. Um, you'll lose all of the, you know, hard work is going to be all out the window. I mean, I basically got bullied into staying. Mm. And I didn't, you know, if that happened to me now, I would just laugh and be like, peace. Yeah. <laughs> I just would have continued out the door. But at 21, I, I believed them. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. I'm so sorry. What's wrong with me? I finally got to a place where my therapist who he helped me like get into therapy. Like he was like, you definitely need therapy and, and helped me find my amazing therapist. But my therapist and my mom had to intervene and actually wrote my final resignation letter mm. for me. And because I was so burnt out and I was, I was a shell of a human being. And they finally were like, you're going in tomorrow. You're just going to hand your three supervisors this letter and then you're going to come home. And like, that's it. And I mean, it. I, I was shell-shocked. Like, I just didn't know what to do with myself. And so years of trying new things and, and still being in the music business and how I had other businesses and, you know, had a business partner and did all these things. And then finally, um, I hired a coach. Like, I finally was like, okay, it's not about knowing the industry. It's about knowing entrepreneurship. Mm. And once I distinguished the difference there and realized I knew nothing about entrepreneurship, I hired a coach. And in six months, the Rockstar Advocate was built and it was full time. And I put it was not difficult to quit my full time job at that point. I was working at Crate and Barrel. Shout out <laughs> to Crate and Barrel. I love the people there. But I did not quit that job five times. I was like, peace. Yeah. Thank you see you guys like we'll we'll get we'll get together throughout the year but like i'm i'm out um and i never looked back and it was a lot easier to do that at 28 29 than it was to do it at 21. that is wow <laughs> i never i didn't i didn't know about the crate and barrel component were you waitressing no i was crate and barrel i was the merch oh manager gosh. at the flagship at the flagship store on park avenue and Man, was that I am so grateful to Crate and Barrel because Wait, I why was. Wait, why am I thinking? Um, I'm thinking of Cracker Barrel. Oi, Gavalt. Cracker Barrel. Sheesh. What a Monday thing. Oh, my goodness. So good. I'm so good. Wait, you're no, but it was. And barrel. <laughs> the, I, oh, as soon God, as you said it, I was like, and I couldn't think of the name, but I'm like, she's thinking of that restaurant, but I don't know the name of that restaurant. <laughs> but being on Park Avenue in Manhattan, it really was a boot camp in customer mm. service um, because everybody was entitled and the things they would get upset about, like, you're just like, this, this is what you're upset about? Like, I mean, this is what you want to start a fight about in the store right now? I had a customer throw merchandise at me and what? scream at me because they were having a bad day. But what was so funny was they were like demanding to speak to a manager. I have a podcast episode about this too. And I just, it was so great because I just, turned around in a circle and then I was like hi I'm a manager nice to meet you how can I help you <laughs> such a New um, York thing to do <laughs> yeah it was like it was so gratifying but it really prepared me to run this business because and I'm so grateful you know I had finished my master's in psychology already 
I was looking to just work somewhere in psychology. Like I was ready to leave the music business completely. This is what I love about life. Like you really, we don't control our journey like a lot, you know, like I knew how I wanted to help people. I just didn't know what it looked like. And I was ready to leave the music business. I finished my master's in psychology. I started applying for jobs, but my dad was very sick Mm -hmm. at the time. He had passed away almost 10 years ago now from um, a sarcoma. Um, And my mom had said to me, listen, can you stop looking for work? Can you just get a job near Sloan Kettering and and just be there? Like, just get a part-time job so that we can both, you know, be there for when your dad has treatment. And I said, yeah, I mean, I'm no brainer. Sure. Okay. And so Cray and Barrel to me at the time was like, I was just yeah. biding my time. Like, okay, I'll do this for the family. And then when we get to the other side of things, like I'll pick myself up and look for a job at a clinic or like doing something in psychology. And um, being at Crate and Barrel was just such a boot camp of branding and customer service and, you know, um, marketing and all of this stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm not done here. Like, I want to use psychology, but there's something, something here. I still need to be an entrepreneur. Like, this isn't over. And I had prior clients in the music industry coming up to me like, hey, you did that psychology thing, right? Like, I'm, you know, we, we decide after talking to them, we realized like, oh, you're going through post, post toward depression. Like, oh, are you going through stage anxiety? Or, oh, you're, you're going through, you know, understanding that your family doesn't really respect what you do, but this is your dream. And how do you manage that? And all of these different things. And I was giving them advice and I wasn't charging them for it. And I was doing all this stuff and they're like, oh, this was so helpful. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, maybe I'm not done with the music industry. Like, maybe I can come back and use this master's to do something. Um, and the Rockstar Advocate was born. It was all about, you know, being grounded, being that rock to reach your full potential. So I, cause I always had a, I didn't like the word rock star. I thought it was cheesy. I didn't like the whole like, yeah, "Yeah, like let's rock out. And like, who cares about burnout? And like, let's just drink ourselves into oblivion. And I didn't like what conjured up when I thought rock star. And so I put that slash between the words because I was like, there's two pieces to this. And if we, you know, redefine, redefining was something always that I really like to do. If we redefine what that word is, then then I can get on board with it. And so that's how I came up with the Rockstar Advocate. Um, and I worked on that while I was at Crate and Barrel. Like I'd be in the stock room with my notebook, just like, you know, listening to calls and being like, yeah, I'll be there in a wow. minute. <laughs> just like mapping out my business. Um, it was, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, we don't know where life leads us, but I'm so grateful I had that time at Crate and Barrel to like get that perspective. I want to go back real quick to, you were talking about how you were getting bullied into staying at this job. And this is the Millennial Music uh, Musician Podcast. So I do want to talk and, and let everyone know about the millennial mindset component to that because what's so interesting is that now that Gen Z has grown up, um, we are witnessing a shift, a massive shift, and it's also compounded with pandemic in Gen Z just being like, fuck this place and being out and millennials kind of realizing, oh, you could, that was an option. Like we could do that. So um, I don't know where my question is, but I feel like I just want to talk 
about that a little bit with you because I think it might be hard for anyone maybe younger listening to this wondering why you didn't just leave you know why why was it so hard but it was so different for us then yeah and and it's weird like I, I'm one of those cuspers I'm like not exactly Gen X but I'm not millennial either and they came up with like the like this we're we're elder millennials yeah zennials right it's like oh consider myself a zennial that's that's what i read mm. somewhere um there you go. but yeah i still think you know for us cuspers it's more about um a lot of it was still you know loyalty to a company i think for millennials even though it's it, it's not as easy to just get up and leave like the gen z i think it was more okay that you already expected to work at different companies and have like different iterations of your career where like my older sibling and like my older friends are just like well no you you, you get into a company and you you grow with it like you're you're just there <laughs> like you know there's that loyalty that that um you know was still very much burned into my brain um and the only reason i got to the label i was at was because when i started at atlantic records my boss there left and went to this other label and it was like yeah okay i'll i'll follow you you know it was this blind loyalty of you you know you're responsible for my success you're you're the reason i have a career in this industry and so it was you know i definitely became um and i was going through a lot personally i was um burnt out you know i hear again it's like that i think another thing with our generation is you know, proving how hard, you know, we could work out how, how impressive we are as young people. And so I was out of college in three years and I had a job at a label and I had my own office and, you know, I had three jobs while I was going to college. So, you know, I was just always working and always, you know, building leads. I, I talk about my bad Coke habit in college. It was, I was addicted to soda and would just drink coke i went through a 12 pack a day like i'd have two for breakfast i was maybe getting two hours of sleep at most i was wearing it like a badge of honor i had bags down to here i mean the thing that i always tell people during that time that it took five times for me to quit because that lifestyle still followed me when i got out of college i was still two maybe three hours of sleep a night just down in coke like it was like my job and not eating very much not sleeping not seeing family or friends and um lost a lot of weight and my college roommate at the at the time had made a joke just a joke to friends that i did heroin and they believed her wow. and they staged an intervention oh my god <laughs> and i said what like they showed up at a restaurant that i was at and like these big dudes were like, who also, who did a lot of drugs, mind you, were like, we're here to save you. And I was like, from what? And like, we know about your heroin use. And I was like, what are you talking? Like, I've never done a drug in my life. I was like, what are you talking about? And when we finally cleared up the air, I was like, oh my God, she was joking. It's called sarcasm, guys. She was joking. But then when they like, when I asked them, why would you even believe it? They're like, well, you're, you've lost so much weight, your bags, your eyes. I mean, it, I looked like a skeleton. They were like, you're really moody. You're like all over the place. And I was like, wow, when you get to a point that like people believe you could be on heroin 
like that's not a good sign <laughs> and like right. it really made me go like oh the, i'm not i'm not healthy it didn't make me stop like i i didn't slow down but it was the that i did get into therapy at that point um and i did realize that like i needed i needed to like talk about why I felt the need to stay at this job and, and kill myself in, you know, in a certain way, um, just because out of blind loyalty and this fear that I won't be a success story then. If I quit yeah. now, you know, I'll fall behind and I'll no longer be 21 years old in my own office. I'll be starting over. And what does that mm -hmm. mean? And I can't slow down. If you slow down, that means you don't want it enough. And that, that whole hustle culture of like, just push harder to prove how much you want it. And if you're suffering, great, because that's where the right. gold is. Like, <laughs> that's where you mine this magic because you're suffering and it means like, that's when the good stuff is really gonna, that's where your creativity comes from and that's where your drive comes from. And it's like, no, nah, man, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how, how else might burnout look if, mm. if someone is not, if someone's hearing this and thinking, well, I don't, well, I, don't I don't look do that way. That. Yeah. You know, how else might burnout present itself? Yeah. Great question. So, um, it's definitely, um, where you're, if your emotions feel super heightened, um, and you're not, and that's not normally you. So if you're all of a sudden at a drop of a dime, you could be crying, or you could be angry, or you could be just like elated. Like it's just a roller coaster of emotions where if that's not normally you, um, you're probably reaching burnout where everything just feels like at any moment <laughs> you could just be in a new emotion. Um, there's also just uh, catastrophizing. So, mm. um, you know, something goes wrong or you slip up or you post something on social media and it has like a spelling error, but you're just like, oh my God, and you're beating yourself up and it just feels like the end of the world or it might make you cry or stress out. Like, no, okay, so you, you made a spelling error on Instagram or you forgot to put, send out your newsletter. Like, not a big deal, but in the moment, it just feels like you're complete and utter failure. You're probably burnt out. Um, another thing would also just be, um, you know, everything feeling like the biggest lift. So okay, I have to just like go post a story on Instagram. Oh my God. Like that just feels like the biggest mountain to climb or I have to send out an email. Oh my goodness. This feels like the, the biggest lift for me to go do and, and everything feels overwhelming. Yeah. You're probably burnt out. And also just resentment, like things that mm. you used to love about your job or love about your career. You're absolutely hating. Listen, you're, you're not going to love every piece of it. But when you start getting mad that fans are like commenting and that means you now have to respond to that comment and you're mad about that, like you're burnt out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Way to, yeah. way to call my past <laughs> self out because I, I remember being in that stage where it would feel like it would feel like such heavy lifting yeah. to, okay, now I have to interact with the comments and then I would interact, but then they would respond to what I had said. And I was like, oh God, am I back at square one now? <laughs> like I thought that I crossed this off of my to-do list and here yep. I am again, God damn. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, that resentment is sneaky little bugger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's a great wake up call because I mean, I feel the same way. Like I love what I do. It doesn't mean I'm always loving what I do, but right. I know 
okay, there are parts that I hate to this, but but most of it I like, I give me more, give me more. And when I start to like get annoyed that my stuff is getting engagement or that like I have an inquiry to work with me or that like when I start to go, oh, come on, not right now. Right. I'm like, oh, bells and whistles, bells and whistles. Like I need to slow down because I would normally not be upset that somebody wants to work with me. Um, it's what I live for. But, you know, w- when you're burnt out, it's like not one more thing. Like, please, And that's your body just being like, please, can you just hit pause? Like, can you yeah. just give me a break? I need to recharge. And like, if our if our little smart devices are getting hot or are slowing down or just shut off on us, we don't think twice about, obviously you plug it back in the wall and you recharge it. But when we start to act like that, it's, oh my, I'm so lazy. Or what's the matter Ooh. with me? I'm not built for this. Or like, I should be better than this. Or come on. And it's like, yeah, yeah if a little device needs to be recharged, like we do too. Oh my goodness. Wow. And that's, yeah. I think, one of the reasons why I love the fact that I have plants now. Yes. Um, yeah. My old apartment, I had no windows, so mm. I couldn't have plants because they would all die. <laughs> so I should have taken that as a sign that I should have been moving way sooner than I did. But now that I'm finally in this beautiful, well-lit apartment that has like a a ton of windows in every room, mm-hmm. I'm able to have these plants. And the reason why I'm, why I'm sure you already know that I'm bringing up the plants thing is because the moment I see them start drooping, I'm like, oh, they need water or they need something. And then I always just like, it's so natural to think, do I need water? Do I like, quite literally, do I need to drink some water right now? And do I need to some sunlight? Do I need to get out of the house? And it's it's just really constant. As a reminder. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's it's really important because, you know, the plants also, they're a living thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're caring for them. You are responsible for them. And we can't serve from an empty vessel. And so right. when you learn to care for those plants and you realize, like, oh, I have to be on my game and, like, be responsible for them, then you will start to take care of yourself because you don't want the plants to die. Um, And as you said, they're a good reminder for that. I mean, when my dad passed in 2013, I had a pretty destructive year again, thank God for Crate and Barrel, because it got me through and it was the first time in my life. I mean, I worked all through college, so I did not have the typical college life where you just kind of goof around. There was no goofing around for me. And I goofed around. I went out, drank a bunch, went out with you know, kids who were in college who were just like, yeah, let's go out and party after work. I was like, sure, whatever. (laughs) And I had a big throwaway year. And then at the end of that, I was like, okay, now I'm ready to get back to work. Like now I want to go build something. I want to hire a coach. I want to get to work, but I was still pretty depressed. And I was not leaving my house unless it was to show up at work. And I was starting to go under the covers and be more reclusive. And my therapist was like, get a get a dog and you know get him get an emotional support animal my building didn't allow dogs and he was like I'll get you you know paperwork like you can get a dog and that dog like saved me because I was able to I had to get out of bed to walk her like I was not going to let her suffer I had to make sure she was fed Mm -hmm. and much like the plants when I fed her I was like oh yeah I need to eat like okay so we're both gonna eat (laughs) and like oh you need to go outside to so you can do your business okay i should like go put on clothes and like get the heck out of my apartment um so it was 
you know, it, it was a way for me to, to put myself first. Um, and I, I think that's yeah. important, whether it's plants, a pet, you know, um, a vision board, you know, something as a reminder to be like, you matter and you can't reach your goals if you're not taking care of yourself. Can I ask you, um, cause the resentment component I mm. think is, has put a light bulb over my head when it comes to things like vision boards, when it comes to things like accountability groups, I was, um, I was in a part of a really great accountability group um, in 2021 mm -hmm. and it came time for January. I had to tell them that I had to step back because mm -hmm. showing up to an accountability group, hearing all of the things that people were accomplishing, I didn't want to take it w away from them what they were accomplishing right. because I wanted that for them. But it was kind of like I could not keep it from translating into well, you barely got out of bed this week. Right. What are you going to share when it's your turn to go around the circle? And suddenly they're going to be, you know, throwing ideas your way and you don't want to hear ideas right now because you're just not in that place to receive it. Mm -hmm. Same with a vision board. I don't want to look at the things that I quote unquote don't have right now. So what do you what do you suggest for people going through that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, my Rockstar Slackers program is an accountability group, but it's created the way we structured it is it's created in a way for people going through what you're describing. So while we do hold people accountable, it's also very kind of private. So if people don't want to be commenting or being in the group channels, they don't have to be. And so we have mm. some members that are complete flies on the wall that are just, you know, reaching out to me and my team member, Jen, who runs the community, um, just letting us know, like, hey, like, I got out of bed today. Or like, hey, okay, thanks for checking in on me. Like we, you know, reach out to them privately, reach out to them without, um, you know, feeling like they have to be in the community and be, uh, you know, sometimes you just need time to to not be surrounded by your community. Sometimes that feels good and it serves a purpose, but it's also important to just have those check-ins where it's like we celebrate every small win. It's not about like, well, what's your big goal that you're going to be working towards? It's like, hey, just checking in with the group here. Did anybody like put on fresh pants today and like get outside and get some fresh air? You know, because we know a lot of our members go through that. And so I think it's about, you know, whether you join a group or not, I think it's about just understanding that you're doing so much better than you think you are. And it's not about like, yes, it could be hard to fall in that fall into that comparison paralysis, but it's important to just take that first step of gratitude and be like, I'm breathing today. Okay. I woke up today. Okay. I don't, you know, like Mel Robbins high five habit where it's like, Love okay, I'm going to look Mel in the Robbins. mirror and high five myself. And maybe I'm not feeling super stoked about today, but I can look in the mirror and just, it's been scientifically proven. I mean, it's evolutionary that this gesture of high-fiving, it communicates to you, you're accepted, you're seen, and that you're, you're enough. And so, right. you know, that's, that's how we communicate with each other when we're like, okay, and we have that community. Well, if you can do that to yourself in the mirror, you're already signaling to yourself, I accept you, you're enough, and just doing this was enough today. And so you're already mentally priming yourself to see a little bit more goodness in the day and what the day has to offer. Maybe you're sluggish, 
Maybe you're depressed about something. Maybe you're just like not proud of yourself right now, but you got up and you looked yourself in the mirror and you accepted yourself. And, you know, that's to me, everything that we try to do with the rockstar advocate is like, yeah, dream big. Yeah. Have those vision boards. That's great. But the minutia, like it's about like the smaller immediate being present things like the big goals will come. But if you don't, you know, it's all about sustainability. If you don't stop for a minute and say, what do I need today to make sure that I'm around for tomorrow? Maybe it is Mm. to shut everything down and not do work. Maybe it is to just sit there for a minute and drink water and zone out or scroll. Like maybe it's to stay off of social media or maybe it should just aimlessly scroll and look at animal videos or, you know, like I find, I find YouTube less social um, than Instagram or other places. So when I want to aimlessly scroll, I try not to go on the social platforms and Mm. I just go on YouTube for like entertainment and you know, I have, or sometimes like I make a playlist and I save a playlist of my favorite videos that make me laugh. And I go back to that and I just watch it because it allows me to be aimless and unintentional, but it protects me from seeing things that might make me judge myself. Or I see people doing what I want to be doing, but I just don't have the capacity right now, but I don't have to be bogged down by that. You know, so finding ways to turn your brain off or, you know, give yourself a half hour of a show on Netflix where it's just aimless. Like, okay, that's part of the work. Like, the rest is part of the work. Break doesn't mean stop working. Break just means process the work. (laughs) Break means turn off so that you can download everything that you've just experienced. Well, I have good news and I have bad news. The bad news is that this episode is unfortunately abruptly over because as the Jews say, as man plans, God laughs. And so this was where in the episode, I started experiencing technical difficulties, which unfortunately very rudely kicked off uh, our conversation, never to be revisited again, at least in this portion. Now, the good news is that Suze was kind enough to come back on the show. And so you will not only be getting this episode with Suze Polanski, but you will also get to listen in on part two, which is going to go over all things productivity because that after all is her ministry. She is the productivity master. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and tune in next week for part two. 